Bendigo and Bandstyle, the mixtape tour, is coming to your area of planet Earth. Bandstyle, the Forge Theatre and Arts Hub, Saturday the 18th of September. Bendigo, the Capital Theatre, the 23rd of October. Ticket links on the Rewind80sBand.com website or our Facebook page, Rewind80sBand. Celebrate the music of the 80s with the Rewind80s mixtape tour. Get your tickets now before they go-go. Woo! a deal with God and get rid of fucking COVID. Yeah, anything, anything. I'll, or I'll be running up the hill to gas myself. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. What a truck though. I'm Sammy Hardon. How you going, guys? I'm Jay Jovi. This week, part two of... Misfits. What is it? Misfits, fuck-ups. and No, yeah. misfits, outcasts and vagabonds. vagabonds. That's right. That's right. And of course, this is the '80s montage. Welcome back, guys. Absolutely. We hope hope you're surviving lockdown, people around Australia and around the world. It's mm. getting a bit monotonous, a bit boring. Sammy's fully vaxxed, though. Good on you, Sammy. I'm fully vaxxed, ready for the fucking pub scene that's non-existent. And that's the one <laughs> oh, thing great. we will be doing the theatres, guys. Get that through your heads. This is the reason why we're doing the theatres is because we're going to be doing it, whether it's a half room. Or a full room, and everyone's That's sitting it. down. This is the thing. I, I think sort of people are asking us, you know, why we're sort of moving into theatres. It's because theatres are sit-down venues. Mm. It's ticketed. It's not traditionally you're getting up and dancing and rubbing up on each other and coughing on each other and all That's of that right, shit. Yeah. Uh, but you can still go to see a live gig. Exactly. So this is why we've sort of made this seats. swap over. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Get up and you see it, dance and you see it, everyone's happy. Absolutely. So the people that love to message me in the middle of the night and go, why are you going to do the Tarragon pub? We're not. We're not going to do it because no one's (laughs) doing it. You know what I mean? (laughs) This is how it's going to be. And and we love the theatres and we think our show is worthy of the theatre. You know, there's no other real ladies bands out there doing it. So I, I enjoy it. 
and it's part of our thing where we have to sell the tickets ourselves, we have to hire the rooms. It's not something we do for free. We actually have to pay for it all and that's because we believe in the product. That's right and it's a big show and it deserves to be on a big stage and we've got quite a big uh, visual element now as well. Mm. Uh, So we utilise a lot of screens and a lot of technology these days and it um, really does suit a bigger theatre space. Uh, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. We we look, we love the clubs uh, for what they are. Yeah. Uh, but you know the, the theatres are fantastic, yeah, and they it's are. sort of the the challenge for us is taking that club vibe and bringing it into uh, yeah, I, I guess a sort of a, a bit more of a polished atmosphere, but still be able to create that that awesome vibe. You know, absolutely. So that yeah. was Katie Bush running up that hill. Kate Bush. So, of course, you know, you don't you, – you look at Kate Bush and you look at sort of the artists that we spoke about in, in the in the first instalment of, of this episode and you wouldn't think, oh, yeah, she – you know, she's got the fucking hair and the makeup and the clothes and she was – visually she was a bit more subdued but in the, in the content and in the delivery, the way that she performed and sang and so forth – Definitely out there. Like she was such an original of her day. Mm. Um, Kate Bush, she actually she actually sort of launched in 78 and her uh, Wuthering Heights, of course, the one that everyone knows, you know, Heathcliff. Yeah, yeah. That came out in 78. Yeah, that's right. Um, and like even that, even the thought of like a pop artist trying to pull off Wuthering Heights, the story Wuthering Heights and singing about Heathcliff and all those characters and everything. That's pretty fucking bold. Dude, I remember being eight thinking this woman is incredible because she is unique in the way she does contemporary dance, she does the theatrical stuff, like a female Bowie I think because basically when she looks in the camera she looks with those big eyes and, and she was always ahead of herself and an incredible keyboard player as well. So she used to write a lot of the music. So that's where yeah. I thought no one would stand in the bush and go, what in a way it is? Like no one fucking did that shit. So for no, me as a no. kid she was like at the forefront of the weirdos that I loved. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And like the, the – I mean the vocal is – is quite bizarre, like let's admit, but it's beautiful. She's in, she's completely in another world and in character and just completely released and going for yeah, it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of that's the essence of these people that we're talking Storytellers. about. Storytellers. They exactly. And they and like people who can't help but be themselves. Mm. They they're not worried about being pretty. They're more more uh, focused on being interesting, you know. That's right. And Dave Gilmore was a big part of her getting off the ground from Pink Floyd. He was the yeah, one behind yeah. her. So he was like, we should do this, you know. But that video clip running up that hill, we had a, uh, a show where we did the Japanese influences and the Asian influences the other week, which was great. Yeah. In that video clip they wear Japanese, um, it's like clothing and it's called hakamas, I think. Or Hakamas, and it's the grey jumpsuit they've got on. That's actually a oh, Japanese yeah, yeah. outfit. And there were a lot of masks in that video, like a lot of strangers with masks on and stuff like that. Yeah. And the, the the choreography, I think, was bun- done by another woman, Diane Weston, I think, mm-hmm. from memory. And they did it like it was a bow and arrow kind of a thing, you know what I mean? Like a bow and arrow yeah. sort of existence 
from the album Hounds of Love. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I um I love her sense of experimentation. Um across the board, you know, and um, she's got this, she had this awesome quote where she just simply said, artists shouldn't be famous. Yeah, right. And, and well, she, that's you right. Know, she's, she, she, she sort of um, elaborates further on and, and, say, and talks about how, you know, the fame actually ruins the artistry after Absolutely a while. It, does. It, it, it sort of, um, it, it's like sort of putting a candle under a, under a glass, you know, like it, 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 it will snuff it out, you know. Um, and, and she's, she's right. It's sort of, it's sort of fame pushes artists, um, commercially to expire more. quicker, mm, I think. Yeah. You know. And a and, lot yeah, of the and artists they do go, are like that in this show and the last show. They weren't exactly, necessarily exactly. huge and famous. I mean, Kate Bush was obviously, but. You know, they were they didn't care about that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kate had two releases, I believe, in the first half of the eighties. The track that you just heard, "Running Up the Hill," was on the album "Hounds of Love," which came out in eighty five. I love this. I love the um, I love the cover that Placebo did it as well, like another British uh-huh. act. I fucking I fucking ache for that. I've I've seen saw Placebo a few times actually mm. um, live. Um, always pissed, but they're still good, you know. Anyway, but um, love this. And I love – she does this song. It came out in 89. Ah, oh, fucking This Woman's Work. Yep. And it was in a film. It uh, was in a film. It was purpose-written for the fucking film and it just sort of escapes me was now it the what Bjork the film, film was called. Wasn't the Bjork film, was it? No, that was that came out in the Oh, okay. It came out in the new millennia. That came out in the noughties. Yeah. Oh, it was a um it was a John Hughes film called She's Having a Baby. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, I must yeah. And it was purpose that. purpose written for that because it was like for the, the big sort of climactic bit uh towards the end. And it's fu- this song plays in the film and you want to fucking ball your eyes yeah, out. Yeah, very it's, powerful. It's just yeah, yeah. So effective. So effective. Um I think Kevin Bacon's in that one. Let me just double check. Wow. Yeah, Kevin Bacon and fucking John Hughes directed uh Kevin Bacon and Elizabeth McGovern. But um that one What's it called? The fucking This Woman's Work. That was covered by Maxwell. I'm not That's sure if right. you remember that. God, 90s. yes, I do. I lived yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So she's inspired a lot of people. Yeah, of course. You know, she she really has. And and um, I, I loved her. I just thought she was from another world mm. when I was a kid sort of growing up. Um, See, I was more of a Babushka girl in 1980. Yeah, right, right. Okay. Like when I saw mm. Babushka, I went, yeah. oh, my fucking God, look at that. Queen, she's a fucking queen, and the red hair and the fucking medieval outfit with the fucking boobs moving around and and just the whole other like I fucking if there was one video clip I want to rip off live all my life it was Babushka. Oh shit, is that right? With the fucking whole bass bass and stuff and do the whole black leotard and the spooky shit. Oh, one day (laughs) I'm going to do it. One day I don't give a fuck Uh, if I'm 80. I'm going to do it. But I'm definitely a babushka girl. (laughs) Uh, That's brilliant. Now, in this this track as well, this is where we started hearing the Fairlight, which was the Sydney digital synthesizer and sampler. 
that yeah. was um, huge and it was 30 grand to buy one of those. So the fair light on this album especially, not so much Babushka, but um, on Hounds of Love was huge and she was playing all yes. that. So all yeah, the music yeah. you hear is Kate and she's yeah. a really famous jingle writer now. Oh, is that right? A really big jingle writer. She just does keep it under her sort of her, you know, she doesn't tell anyone. And she's got a house yeah. in Bali, believe it or not. Oh. And I was invited to I'm a party at her house one night and I was on my own and I wasn't sure about it. That was at oh. um, before Mark and Edward's wedding and they said, we're going up to Kate Bush's house in Bali. And I went, what? Yeah. Kate Bush? Kate Bush? And they were like, yeah, do you want to come? And I was, I just didn't know enough people. I was like, oh, I don't know. It could be a bit weird. But, yeah, she's gorgeous. You said, no, no, a bird in the hand is worth two in the Kate Bush. Yeah, look, I love chasing people but I don't love it that much. Ah, you're a lesbian, I swear to God. I'm I'm the biggest homosexual you've ever met. Um, I, there, there's a bit of a fun fact. The same year that this came out in 85, it leads us to our next artist, I think. It does, Hope, yeah. Um, in 85, it, was, it wasn't a standalone track. I think it was on a Peter Gabriel album. It was on So. But it was a ju- duet. Yeah. Oh, right, it okay. It was on so. so. All right, so Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel um, had this awesome duet. Uh, he... He uh, Kate ended up singing it with him. It's called Don't Give Up, huge 80s song. This was originally offered to. Yeah. Do you know? No. Do you know? Not Shannon This Noel. was originally. No. He did a version this of was, it, didn't he? I know. Yuck. Fucking, yeah. With, I like Natalie, no. but no, not with Shannon Noel. No, 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 no. So, so Shannon Noel and fucking Natalie Bassingthwaite <laughs> did this. <laughs> no. And it's give best. Up. Best forgotten about. It was for like a bush relief, you know, charity yeah, event right. or, or something like yeah, that. So I, good on I them. I wouldn't want it touching good my on them. bush, to be honest with you. Yeah, but it's like, guys, you ain't Peter Gabriel. No, and, and that's bush, the difference, right? isn't it? When you look at normal artists and then these artists, it's like no one could touch this. No. And you no, shouldn't no, be. No, 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 no. You shouldn't yeah, be. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's quite. Very hard to pull this song off. Do you want to have a know? listen to and it? Yeah. One one fun fact before we do. Fun fact. It was originally offered to Dolly Parton. Mm. She turned it down, unfortunately. Why we're would Dolly about, need a song? Yeah. We're going to talk about Dolly in our next episode next week. Strange, strange, isn't it? Talking about Dolly Parton in an 80s show, but it's going to come up, guys. So stay tuned. Get your tits and, out, um, kids. Here's Peter Gabriel and Kate Bush anyway.
got to wait for Kate in that song, don't you? Exactly. Exactly, mate. I wasn't going to pull it. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So Peter Gabriel, let's talk about Peter Gabriel. Definitely left of centre, this dude. Genesis yeah, yeah, very nor- Genesis was very normal, but he wasn't really in it for that long. And I'm glad he left it. No. You know. Yeah. Um, Peter Gabriel, you know, he was so renowned of – he just wrote so many kooky tracks and, you know, movie soundtracks and – you know, stuff like The Lost Temptation of Christ in 1988. He was born on the 13th of, of February. Oh, my God. Kate Bush is born the same day as Maddie. I just wanted to mention that, the 30th oh, of July. Fuck. Is that right? So it doesn't wow. surprise me. It's kind of the same boat. They're all both Leo fucking weirdos, you know. Uh. So, yeah, he was born uh, – she was born on the 30th of July. So it's going to be her birthday soon. Oh, great. Speaking of birthdays, the day that this will get released is my brother Wade's birthday. Aww. He doesn't he doesn't listen to the show, but hopefully somebody who does listen to the show in my family will mention that Wade gets a shout out. I love him very much. He was one of, you know, my biggest uh uh, I guess inspirations with music because he introduced me to a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff. And he was also, you know, Really, really into the 80s stuff when he was young. He was a singer as well. So so um, my mum and dad were sort of singers at home coming from a, you know, um, I guess Scottish background mainly. And mum um, and dad were singers but my brother Wade had like an amazing voice. He was in the choir and all of that kind of thing. So he made me feel – he was the first person that made me feel that I could be a singer as mm. well and made it cool, you know. Um, yeah, anyway, I love my brother. Happy birthday, mate. And it's my brother's birthday tomorrow. Oh, is that right? Yay. Hey. Happy birthday, oh, Rossi. lovely. Yeah. Wow. It's going to be one of those days, but we're going to get through it. So, yeah. yeah. It sure um, when's is. Wade's birthday? 22nd. So is my brother's. Yeah. Oh, there oh we go. Oh, my God. Hey. Fuck. <laughs> awesome. That's incredible. Oh, nice one. 22nd yeah, yeah, of Kansas. Yeah. Oh, 22nd of July. Oh, fuck. Isn't yeah, that interesting? Yeah, I did not know you had yeah. a brother on that date. No, amazing. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah big day yeah. for us as well, babe. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Peter Gabriel. Now, I wanted to play one of his earlier tracks from 1982. It goes like this. Track, fucking sexy track. Yeah, 
Love it. There's a couple of monkey tracks in tonight's show. Oh, maybe there's not. Sorry, there's only this one. That's right. That funny sort of like singing about monkeys and stuff. Yeah, monkeys were big it. in the 80s. Yeah. Because the song I was going to put in for tonight's show with one of my favourite Australian girls is Monkey mm. and Me. Have you heard Monkey oh, yeah. and Me that makes me want to do it, Monkey and Me that makes me want to do it from Starstruck. All right, but we'll get okay. to that later but uh, there was a lot of songs about monkeys. Interesting. A lot of videos with monkeys in them. Hey. You know, was big in the 80s to be a fucking monkey. A lot of, lot of monkeys at the clubs. A lot of monkeys you know, in the clubs, that's right. <laughs> a lot of monkeys in Bali stealing your knickers. Oh, yeah, lovely. And your, and your fucking sunglasses. Well, I didn't want to play Sledgehammer because it's so an obvious Peter Gabriel tune. Yeah, it is. Even though yeah. that was a groundbreaking video. And oh, yeah, absolutely, with the stop-start animation. Yeah, everyone loved that. Mm. And, and the train. Remember the train? Went through his head. Yeah, train going through his head and coming out the yeah, other side. Yeah, Everyone very well thought that. out. Yeah. Yeah. So his birthday is the 13th of Feb, 1950. Yeah. So he's getting on. But he was he was one of the first singers to really pioneer. He, he sort of, a lot of singers got judged for double tracking their vocals like he did, but he sort of really celebrated it and, and, like or, or it became his trademark, that sound. You know, go back, everyone out there, if you're not sure what we're talking about, go back, listen to his vocals and it's all it's it's sort of two vocals that are that are sort of rubbing up against each other sort of in a in a in a nice way, you know. Mm. Um but that sort of became his signature. Yeah. And a lot of people a lot of people criticized him for that, but he obviously wasn't trying to hide it. He was he was making a feature of it, you know. Yeah, no, he's just a kook. I don't, mm. you know, I I didn't even think about that, but yeah, definitely did have the double vocal. A lot yeah. of these artists are anti-establishment as well. Like he yeah. he eventually had a a record company called Real World Records, and we brought a lot of his CDs. My ex boyfriend of it was like world music, and it was yeah, really yeah. trippy. Like it was like he did the Last Temptation of Christ, and then went, "This shit is what I want to do for the rest of my life." And he just went into this world music realm and started doing all this stuff. But he also had another track that I loved called Big Time, which used to be played on Solid Gold a lot. It was a big album, so big album. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But definitely worth a mention. For sure. Good old Peter Gabriel. So the next one I picked was late 1989, but this chick to me, look, everyone, Prince actually called her up and said, you are the new me. Prince oh, fuck, fucking really? loved her. Yeah. Wow. Her name is Jane Childs. She's born on the 15th mm-hmm. of Feb, 1967. Yeah. So Not Jane Clifton. No, no. Jane Clifton. <laughs> I did think of Jane Clifton, but it would have to be when Jane Clifton was in her band. When she was solo, yeah, she was right, a bit right. normal. But when she had, I think it was the Insects. No, maybe not the Insects. Can't remember Jane Clifton's band, but she was a little bit androgynous in those days. And then she okay. got a bit feminine when she did Girl in the Mirror, Girl in the Wall. Right. Sorry, Jane Childs was a chick that uh, was very funky. Again, used the Fairlight. Wrote on on the Fairlight. Wrote all her stuff. Wrote all the mm-hmm. the instruments. The Fairlight was a big thing. This was like the album of the year. In 1989, using the Fairlight for everything, Jane Childs had long plaits down to her ass, and she had earrings that used to have a chain from her nose 
Thank oh, you, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, really yep, yep. funky-looking chick. Did a great yeah. version of um, Welcome to the Thunderdome. Really good version. But the single she was known for, which is one of my favourite tracks, I used to sing it in the clubs when I was about 18, was this one. Mate, all her albums are fucking phenomenal. Yeah. She's got an album called Here and Now, I think it is, and it's got a song called Mona Lisa Smiles and it's very heavy metal kind of meets funk and I used to listen to it just before I went on the set of Wentworth and it would get me fucking right, G right up. So have a listen to Mona Lisa Smiles by Jane Childs and it's Fucking incredible. She had a song called Mr. Jones on this album which was all about heartbreak and it was just really, really keyboard orientated and then yep. she gets darker as she gets through the albums. Have listened to all her albums. She's one of my all-time favourite record artists. Oh, fucking cool. And she's fucking super cool. Yeah. You know. Love that. Yeah. What a cool track. And she's not that old. Like she's only 67. She's only three years younger than me. So. Yeah. Three years older, sorry. Three years older, um, but fucking phenomenal artist. And Prince mm. wet his undies over it. Just fucking yeah, loved I her. bet mm. would have loved her because it wasn't a protege of his. So anything that was interesting, he used to get surprised yeah. about. Like, how yeah, the fuck yeah, yeah. does this girl know this shit? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this girl, I thought of because I thought you know everyone loves her. She's ma- she's sort of retired in the eighties, Patty Smith. She yep. sort of retired, but in the 60s and 70s she was a really big anti-establishment artist and she did some fantastic songs and um, there's a few women that are sort of like her but I think she was like the, the main chick. Uh, she was born the 30th of December 1946. So she's 74. She's been around a long, long time. And this was yes. her song from the 80s. You'll remember it when you hear it.
love it. Wow. What a fucking voice. Yeah, on incredible. Incredible art. And a real artist, you know. Just yeah, did her yeah. own thing, sang her own thing. And then I think her husband died when it might have been just, oh, it might have been 92. And then she got back into music again. But incredible artist. Yeah, brilliant. I love this sort of um, like the speaking quality. Yeah. I love artists who can sort of sit in that line between singing and speaking and get away with it really effectively. Yeah, she was uh, a bit Bob Dylan-y. She was a little bit yeah, Bob right. Dylan-y and, and there were a lot of artists like that that were really yeah. influenced by him. Yeah, yeah. And went, oh, you know, because it's poetry more than anything. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Which is awesome. Leonard Cohen, like similar similar kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like it's, it, yeah, it's almost like speaking in tune sort of, you know, they they just let their voices go really. Well, a lot of the time they can't sing. They're more about <laughs> yeah, yeah. getting the message across. You know? Exactly. And then, yeah. they, and, they, and then the engineer might go, um, that sounds really great when you do it like that. We need you to sound like that because if you yeah. try and polish an artist like that, it doesn't come across as being authentic. That's right. You'll be really careful. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just distracted. It looks like there's fucking pubic hair all over my... Oh, you said that we, before. Yeah, like pubic <laughs> hair all over my fucking mic. Oh, no. You know how... You know how... Um, you don't even have a cat, do you? Well, no. Not one this colour. <laughs> no. That's, that's quite strange. I'm never letting this out of my side again. Why? Where was it? Smells fine. Oh, good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, there we go. What do we got next? The next one is a good one. Now, this guy was a huge influence on keyboard players and this was the guy I was trying to think of in part one that produced Lena Lovich, right? Now, what are the odds mm-hmm. that I watched Rage on Saturday night? These are the odds, right? Beastie Boys, oh. Beastie Boys were programming. And oh, fucking, wow. I'm sitting there watching it because I just love Rage at the moment. I just tap into whatever's going on. And Beastie yeah. Boys were there and you hear this, oh, 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 oh. And I'm like, no, they're going to play Laurie Anderson, Superman. Oh, Superman. Yeah. And they played yeah. the whole video and I'm like, mate, Fuck, really? when you put shit out in the universe, it comes fucking back. Like yeah. I was like, that was one of their favourite all-time tracks and I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one. The Beastie Boys have put this in their fucking thing. And it was incredible to look back at the video because she's really full on. I didn't look back at the whole video but it was just really unique and she was married to Lou Reed for 21 years. So Lou Reed married her and they were married and then then he died and they were still married I think but obviously not anymore. But, yeah, I was like, oh, my God, it's Laurie Anderson. We just played this the other day. So get some great videos on Rage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the next one is this dude. This was a really good song and I really, really liked it as a kid. I now felt it a bit kooky and it made me feel good. (laughs) Tell me about your childhood. Just to keep my mouth from spouting junk. Ha! 
must have took me for a fool Cause they chucked me out of school Cause the teacher knew I had the fun But tonight I'm on the edge That has chucked me in the fridge Because I'm burning up I'm burning up With the vision in my brain And the music in my veins go thomas dolby yeah thomas dolby and he was named after that was his nickname dolby you know dolby sound a bit like this have a listen what in dublin i mean you can't in dublin she means dolby all right she means dolby you know it's perfectly well what she means she means dolby she means dolby fuck i hate band bitches she was the best Fucking, they were right on the money when they portrayed a band bitch. Yeah. That fucking wanted to wreck the band. <laughs> and it's so right on. Like I have to watch Spinal Tap because it's like so fucking, they know nothing but they know yeah, everything, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right, and of course. You know, and always got something to say. And running the band, mate, fucking no. Mm, Thomas yeah. Dolby, 14th of October, 1958, English guy. Yeah. He had another song called She Blinded Me With Science, 1982. That's right. Hyperactive Eye Light, which was 1984. Yeah. Uh, a keyboard player. Very oh. clever keyboard player. Played with George Clinton. Played with David Bowie on Live Aid. He oh, was, fuck, is yeah, that right? Yeah, he was his keyboard player oh, on Live Aid. yes. I remember that. And they were very good mates and both in the same mindset, very kooky, you know, crack jokes that no one would understand but the both of them would love it, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And Thomas Dolby, yeah, an incredible keyboard player and did so much in the industry and still does stuff today. Yeah, yeah. And I Fucking think he fantastic. was worth a mention because he did, I think he sort of produced Lena Lovage and a lot of um, stuff like that. So he took his strangeness and made other people, you know, strange. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, great. Now we're up to a uh, one dick wonder. Oh, we might be. Yeah, we are. Now this Can't is Can't even remember who we've oh, got. Oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. Here we go. Right. You were spending time 
I would have liked to feel the heat in those days oh. with him. Yes, Bloody please. beautiful looking guy. John Beauvoir. Yeah. Yeah, oh. oh, hot as hot. Fucking white yeah. mohawk, dark guy, fucking hot. And I remember oh, being wow. a kid going, wow, look at this guy. He he had the potential to be a weirdo, but he only had the one yeah. track. Right, but he still okay. lives What's off his that name? one track. Jean Beauvoir. John Beauvoir. Yeah, and the and it's from a movie soundtrack with Sylvester Stallone. I'm just trying to think. Is of it the fucking, um is it Jean, as in like the French Jean? Yeah, Sorry, J-E-A-N. Jean Beauvoir. Okay. Yeah, gorgeous looking guy. That was released oh. in 1986 and it was rock but it was synthy and it was he was just ultra sexy. But this is all he kind of did. But he's, he's yeah, on my right. Facebook. He still does shit. But yep. you know those artists that have the one? Oh, it's from Cobra in 1986. Ah, yeah. yeah. Fucking one. <laughs> What an yeah. amazing looking guy. Yeah, isn't he gorgeous? So he Holy had the shit. Oh, yeah, fuck. Absolutely. What, what a look. You guys are going to, yeah, John Beauvoir, check it out. Yeah, and he looks that good still. Yeah. Like I don't think yeah. he's that old. He still looks mm. hot. Mm, shit. And you see in the video, the video has got Sylvester Stallone and that other blonde chick, the Amazon chick, but she's got brown Yeah, yeah, hair. right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think she dated... Oh, did she date Sylvester Stallone, that little blonde chick out of Rocky? Huh? Maybe it wasn't Rocky. Feel the heat. Yeah, he's beautiful. Beautiful fucking looking guy. But didn't do much after that. Probably produced songs and albums. But uh, he just kind of – I must have found him on Facebook and just sort of perv at him every now and then. He does like gigs where he does the song and – you know, maybe three different versions of it. I don't know, but yeah, hot looking yeah. dude, and very yeah. unique looking for the time, and could have been a weirdo, but there was just no other tracks left. Wow, I wonder what the story is there because you know he's got the kind of look that people really latched onto in the eighties. Oh fuck, he was just amazing. Didn't, just didn't have the songs, eh? Interesting. No, I mean not in Australia. We didn't really hear about him that much. After Feel the Heat. Yeah. You know. Mm. We didn't really know much more about him. But like he's photographed here with Paul Stanley and people really loved him but there just wasn't yeah. any longevity there. Mm. Interesting. Which is interesting. Amazing. But, there you but go. Yeah, you there you go. Day. Can't tell you much more about him but he was fucking hot, mate. <laughs> and a great guitarist. Fantastic. Really good guitarist. Well, what do we say to our one dick wonder? Nice one, Dick. Sorry, we're just, yeah. We're We're trying to match up. Yeah, (laughs) we're remote. It's impossible to match up. But fucking nice one, Dick. We're remote. So this next one's one of yours, baby. Yes, that's right. Hope I've got the right song. Yeah. Now, guys, I do want to do... the the next person is of course you could I wanted to do this in the in the first step, um, but you know I'm glad we're talking about it now too. Robert Smith from the Cure, Robert Smith from the Cure, like mate, how, what a fucking guy! I what a guy! I love the Cure so much. I was sort of uh, I, I guess a late 
um, appreciate, you know, I appreciated them much later in my life. My, my, one of my brothers, The Cure, is his favourite band. Hands down, favourite band, band, The Cure. And I never got it when I was younger. I was just, it was just like, oh, yeah, the, the, look, looking at them, listening to them, I, I never got it. I never got it until sort of my my mid-20s, um, when I was a, a kid, when they were huge, you know, like when I was younger than that, uh, when the, when they were really big. Because at one stage, The Cure were like the biggest band in the world for maybe, a moment. Maybe you got them when they were in the closet, mate. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Do you remember but they were in the of... closet? In the what? fucking in the... They, in the closet and they rolled off the cliff in the fucking wardrobe. What the fuck are you talking the about? Video clip where they roll off the clip. Well, oh, Robert gets in right, the closet. Okay, I thought you were saying they were poofs no, in the closet or something. No, but we thought they were. We well, thought Robert was, and that we thought yeah. he was trying to tell us he was a poof by getting in the closet, babes. Exactly right. Look, I don't. I don't want to go. I, I want to do a full episode on the QR. Yeah. So I, I might. Ju- I might just focus on Robert Smith. Robert Smith. These days, I mean, we all think of him as being like the father of goth, you know, mm. like with the fucking, like just the black kind of tortured hair, the the fucking white makeup, the smeared lipstick, you know, the the black eyeliner and everything. He was he was very f- famous for his image because he had a really really confronting image. He looked like a really fucked up clown. So you know how you know how like you know we had seen sort of iterations of the Joker for years and years and years and then Heath Ledger came along and his Joker was all sort of broken down and fucked up. That's what Robert Smith looked like but not as colourful. He looked like like his makeup was fucked. Like he used to wear like big baggy shorts and he used to wear these shoes called – uh, brothel creepers. Remember them? Creepers, yep, yep. Brothel creepers, and they were brothel creep creepers. If you don't know, they've got a big sort of stacked heel, which is sort of ribbed. Edge, and oh, not yeah. Look, the whole sole of them is stacked, so there's not just like a heel at the back. The whole sole, mm. uh, the whole sole is sort of. Um, you know, it, almost like a clog, you know, like yeah. it's, it's fucking like this, but it's got like a suede top and it's often got like um, tartan on different, them sometimes. Yeah, 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 tartan or leopard print or zebra print yeah. or that kind of shit. They're really big with punks and so yeah. you might see sort of like cheap knockoffs and like Dangerfield and yeah, that kind of shit. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, like, you know, emos wore like them the too. They were the Doc Martin of the, the goth, weren't they? You exactly, know. exactly well, right. Well, even though yeah, Goths yeah. Doc Martens, they yeah, were Yeah, yeah, I'm new... losing you on camera. Your camera's oh, slipping. Oh, sorry, I can't... babe. I've got – yeah, <laughs> sorry. That's what I need to get a bloody camera holder. But, yeah, what I'm trying to say, he had this sort of really strong uh, stage persona and look and everything. He was actually quite a, a blokey bloke. Uh, he He's – very artistic, very artistic though. He belonged in that sort of London vibe with Susie and the Banshees. In fact, he was um, Susie and the Banshees guitarist for a while. Wow, that and makes sense. And we all think of, yeah, we all think of Robert Smith um, 
because of the voice, you know, he's got quite a, he likes things like that, you know, and he, he was never meant to be the singer of The Cure. Um, he actually came, became the singer because they fucking, they just couldn't find anybody and like, you know, they had sort of people fronting the band and and one after the other and, and like, they were just all fucking useless and he's got this great quote where he says he's he's got a very cynical wit it can come across as a bit negative but it's not it's 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 really fucking cynical he's got a great sense of humor and he um he had this quote about the singers he he sort of talks about how he got the job uh by default and he said um uh, he said, um, I hated my voice, but I didn't hate it more than I hated everyone else's voice. That's exactly how I think of my voice. Right. I fucking hate my voice. Really? But I don't hate it as much as everybody else's. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort yeah, of yeah, like yeah, yeah. I don't I don't really rate myself, but I I kind of I listen to other th- singers and I always think yeah, I reckon I could get up and do better than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's sort of a strange delusion, that thing. But, yeah, anyway, I, I think really... every singer has a problem with that. Yeah, yeah, know? that's right, that's right. But He was a great guitarist He was, uh, and he was sort of underrated as a guitarist, but you listen to all the – he wrote – he was um, – I think he was the rhythm guitarist for Cure, but he wrote all of their stuff. He's the writer of like all of their stuff, you know, mm. bulk of their stuff. Um, and yeah, I love this track as well. Every Cure song really gets me hot under the cup, hot under the collar. Really gets my blood pumping. There's something always really kind of manic and a bit kind of bit kind of Loki, like the god of mischief about all the Cure songs. Mm. I love it. Really, really speaks to me. So what a, What song? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Have you got a song? by The Cure, and this was released a day after my birthday in 1988. I just fucking love it. Is I live before, for it. Why Can't I Be You or after? Yeah, before, before. Because oh, it's very Why sure. Can't I Be You without the Yes, brass. it is. Yeah, 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 it is. It's a, look, this came out in 1988. 
I, went, I thought for a moment, why can't I? Oh, no. I think Why Can't I Be You came out before this. Yeah. Wasn't 89? I'll have to check on this. 88. Is that and him then, playing um, guitar? Oh, fuck. I wouldn't know. Oh, it's very good. Yeah. It's their signature yeah. sound, you know? Yeah, yeah, that that's clean, right. clean, kooky. They always had. Yeah, that's right. Dun, 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 yeah. Tick, 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 all of that shit. Yeah, yeah. tickle your they, balls and, sound. Yeah, exactly. And they all like <laughs> always the uh, the rhythm section, the the bass and drums, like so yeah. so underrated in the cure. You don't think of them being a strong yeah. rhythm band, but they really yep. are. Yeah, no, no, you know? no. And it's quite yeah. it's quite spaced out and and really just there. You know, like it's like yeah. a funk band meets you know the kook up the front. That yeah, you know. exactly, and exactly. They were amazing visually from what I remember on stage when they opened up with like the forest and they'd have the fucking visuals and you'd scare your fucking jitters, you know, it'd scare the shit out of you. Yes, you did call it right, Tammy. It's from the same album. Um, uh, Why Can't I I Be You came out the year before as a single. Yeah, it might have been a hashed out fucking version of that. Yeah. I was just yeah. like, because I had to listen to it before and I went, God, this is so Why Can't I Be You? Because that's my favourite cure, cure track. Why oh, is can't that right? I be you? Yeah, I love it with the plushies and, and you know, the yeah. little stuffed toys because I was right into that. And then Love Cats would be the next one. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a tricky one. It's it's hard it's hard to sort of pick the quintessential cure um, song because they did actually change kind of styles a few times. Mm. Um, but, you know, you, you might say something like, is it close to me or close to you or fucking whatever it close is. Close to me, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, dun, 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 you know, that's yeah. sort of really well known. Um, but, yeah, I just – I love this one. It just – it makes me want to dance. I yeah. love it. Yeah. His vocal was very constricted. It made you feel mm. like he was trapped. It made you Absolutely. feel like he was in a box and couldn't get out and you just wanted to save him. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But you loved to that feeling at the same time. Yeah, yeah. He's got he's got sort of all, for me, he's got all the ingredients of a perfect pop star, a perfect rock star. Yeah. And one of those, for me, is being a Catholic. <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous. But it's sort of, yep, yep. Yes. Wow. It's a, I, I find. How come you I haven't find, been to fucking the Hillsong meetings lately, then, mate? <laughs> I find that like um, rock stars and stuff that have broken out of like Madonna. The Catholic, I know what you mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm. They're always sort of they're they always fighting away from it. Yeah, they they spend their whole life like in sort of conflict and guilt, and it sort of it just fuels their music and everything. And it's they've got taboos. You know what I mean? They've got taboos to break. Um, and I always find it really sort of fuels their music and the, their artistry. It's sort of one important ingredient for me. But there and you he, go. he's been with the same woman for a lot of years, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, he's he has. very grounded. For someone that yeah, looks like he's yeah. out of control and wouldn't know how to pull his own dick, he's got yeah, it yeah, all yeah. together, you know? Yeah. Hey, funny you bring up Madonna because he's got a fucking hilarious quote about Madonna. He was asked, he was asked about Madonna in the when she first came out in you know 83 you know 83 84 sort of and um he said i don't like her she looks like she stinks 
<laughs> I remember that. Yeah, because she rolls on the ground and she'd smell. Yeah. And she's, yeah, 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 I know what he means. I fucking love that yeah, so much. Yeah, she would have left the impulse can at home for sure. <laughs> you know. Oh, she would have been using the laugh. impulse can as a fucking vibrator, pinching the He actually looks like he stinks more than she does. Yeah, well, anyway. that's true. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, the good thing about him is he knew who he was. So when we saw him in the closet where they rolled down the fucking – Don't it close say to the you? closet. Say cupboard. Cupboard. Yes. In the cupboard. Well, we all thought yep. it was a closet. and <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. In the cupboard and he falls on the thing. It was like his personality. Yeah, know? right. He was always mm. a one of his own mm. and, and he could live in that fucking thing, wardrobe forever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, look, let's go into the closet, both of us, you and me, when we do our Cure episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So the awesome. next, so yeah, we'll do the cure episode absolutely. So the next, we're going to go Aussie now. A hey. little bit Aussie. Hey, this guy was renowned in the eighties for being a little bit kooky. For being a massive, no, I won't say. No, no, no he was, and uh, I think he does fireworks now. He does the Sydney Harbour Bridge fireworks and the Melbourne fireworks. Ooh. So he's like a fireworks artist, which. Doesn't surprise me because I think there might have been a few in his show. But anyway, let's give this guy a little bit of a listen. This is a great track actually. Ignatius Jones. Interesting. Very new wave, very new romantic. Mm. Yeah. Very cool dude. Had a band yeah, called right. Jimmy and the Boys, I think, in the 80s or okay. the 70s. But he yeah. was incredible and, you know, looked kooky, sort of had the makeup and the hair and the jet black hair and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Did, who, didn't he used to collaborate with James quite a bit, James Freud? I really don't know about that. Hmm. I don't know. I think they sort of were the same sort of thing. Same sort of dude. Did did um Ignatius live in Sydney or Melbourne? Sydney. Or or somewhere. Yeah, else. he was always on Sydney. countdown. Oh yeah. Always yep. on countdown. And that would have been his big one like a ghost. He was a friend of Molly's. 
Yeah, he would have been a friend of Molly's, absolutely. Molly would have helped him up there. You with me? Yeah, that's right. But good guy, like very interesting, did things out of the box, you know. Ah, yeah. (laughs) Don't know much more about him but I just remember if – this is the thing about these people is that you don't really know that much about them because they Mm. don't tell you that much. That's the way they like to be. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, now he does the fireworks and stuff. He's like a huge, you know, like does all the – he's got all the contracts for Melbourne. Yeah, well, if he does the the Sydney fireworks, he'll be fucking making a mint. That's right. Sydney fireworks are like – Australian event directory, yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. HLA management, Ignatius Jones. There we go. Major event director. So there you go. He's gone from holding a TV set and a video clip into one of the biggest fucking businesses in the world, you know. Major events because we do super spreader events, don't we? We do. (laughs) Oh, God, how we haven't had any COVID cases at our gigs. Oh, thank Christ. And I'm not talking about the theatres. I'm talking about some of the gigs where the venues don't give a fuck. You know? No, no. Well, they just want to make a buck because exactly. they're fucking going broke. They are. You can't blame them. They Jesus. are. They're getting funding though. They're getting a bit of funding. Yeah. From the government, yeah. but they are very, um, you know. He was um, born in the Philippines, actually. Who Ignatius? Yeah, Manila, Philippines. The Philippines. Oh. Yeah, Philippines-born Australia director. So he was one of those kids we talked about in the Asian stuff where kids used to go away and live with their parents while they worked overseas in Asia, you know. Fuck, there we go. All right. Well, we've just hit an hour and we've got three more to go, so let's punch through. Yeah. Now this one you wanted to wanted to mention and I'm do you want to play this the track soon? Yeah, go for All it. All right, here we go. You got another thing coming from the album Screaming for Vengeance, which came out in 1982. That is, of course, Judas Priest, and the singer is Rob Halford. Fuck, Judas Priest, mate. Judas Priest, one of the best. In the day, they're, you know, they're called a, a heavy metal band, but, you know, that kind of like heavy rock sound. Uh, for these guys, the vocals, so, so strong. Rob was the vocalist, of course. Um, and they had a really distinct look, these guys. Now, 
I find this really interesting, right? I find all of this really interesting. Their look, the look that they really went for was, um, yeah, they used to dress like bikies. They used to dress like bikies, yeah? Lots of leather. Lots of leather. Leather vests, leather jackets, leather chaps, fucking studs all over it. Fucking, you know, like the cop, the little sort of like fucking, like a conductor's hat, you know? Like a cop's hat. Like a cop's hat made out of leather. That kind of shit with fucking studs all over it. You know, really punky, like fucking leather, um, fingerless gloves, fucking studs all over them. Really, really, like that was a really, really manly look, yeah? That was like a full-on, full-on manly look. Um, People during the 80s were fucking terrified of these guys because they were like fucking hell men, you know. They really used to like drink heaps and fucking smash the drugs and everything. Their, Their kind of stage persona was really kind of dangerous and full on as well. They were like a kind of, they were like a fucking Harley Davidson. If if a Harley Davidson was a band, this would have been the fucking band. Forget all the other cunts, This these guys, you know what I mean? Um, this was an awesome album as well. I, I, bel- I think my one of my brothers might have had this because I remember the eagle on the cover, like the big sort of metallic eagle coming down. I really loved it because I was into comics as a kid. Um, and they... They was kind of, and especially Rob, the singer. They were seen as, they were seen as being really full on alpha male. Like they were projecting this full on kind of alpha male persona. Yeah, turns out, sort of in in the nineties, Rob was gay. Like all ah, of this time. This is the yeah? dude. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I believe it, this. I believe this sort of storyline was one of the one of the influences on the movie Rockstar remember with Mark Wahlberg yeah, yeah, you'll have to yeah, ask yeah. Maddie about that because yeah. Maddie loves that film uh, I and think I it believe was. this is yeah I think this is where it came from yeah like Absolutely. all the kind of macho persona and then he turns out being gay um he um and so therefore when when sort of word you know there were rumors that he was gay and blah 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 he was sort of seen at gay clubs and blah 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 then when um with Frankie goes know, to that, Hollywood that yeah yeah then when that sort of <laughs> started giveaway. creeping out yeah that st- sort of started creeping out that look that look with the fucking leather and the studs and everything became like um, like a gay cliche became like a gay stereotype that that whole like leather leather bikey look you know that that you know it's interesting isn't it it's sort of I find it interesting oh anyway God. he sort of he I was thought like, that look came out years before that the look did but the association as like a gay um, really? a gay look you know well, that you kind mean of the leather. outsiders weren't the first ones. Love at the outpost. I'm sure they were 81. Oh, possibly. But, you know, like with the studs and the fucking, the gays will know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Yeah. I I actually think it came out before Judas Priest. You reckon? Yeah, fuck yeah. Because they were never, they were pulling off this look and it was never associated with anything camp or gay. Yeah, but but they found out later on, didn't they, that he was gay. 
Oh yeah, that they was found out later on. In the clubs. They found out later on, but like stuff was like seeping out. They it was I think he, he I think he sort of came out in an interview. Um yeah. and it was really emotionally sort of broke down and he he said that sort of hiding it for so many years and putting up this other front is what caused his sort of drug addiction and drinking for so many yeah. years as well. Yeah. Um and he said it was such a huge relief like coming out and all of that. He he um he's sort of like I guess the uh Freddie Mercury of heavy metal. Um and he actually cites Freddie as his one biggest sort of uh influence. Like yeah. his his biggest his biggest hero, and he also said that sort of he wished they they could have uh, met and collaborated on something though you know, um, both it sort of huge like stars. It sounds like Domino and, by Kiss that track. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. They, it's they, fucking um, exactly the same almost. Yeah, yeah. They they sounded a lot like Kiss, I reckon. Oh my god! Ar- around that, that someone around bought that. a Kiss album. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Um, right, right in the same era with each other, you know. These guys sort of kiss. Would you say kiss were bigger in the late seventies than they were in the eighties? Absolutely. These guys were these guys were around in the seventies, but they had their bigger commercial successes all in the eighties. Yeah, they became really huge in the eighties. So yeah, interesting. There absolutely, we go. absolutely. But, um, well, it would have been quite confronting to come out. Looking like Absolutely. that, you know. God, in in the metal world, yeah, like it's it's like a gay rapper coming out or something, you know. It's it's, yeah, you you, you don't sort of you don't expect it, you know. You look at say like little Nas X at the moment, like coming out, you know, he's a rapper and he's gay, and that stuff's full on, mate. That oh, stuff's full on. Is he? Yeah. Is he really? How old's that? What creep? real, really gay? Yeah, is he? Mate, he's. Yeah. How old is he? If if he's not gay, Isn't he his like boyfriend 17, certainly 18? is. Seventeen or eighteen? A bit older than that, I think. Yeah. Is he? Oh, he he's looks his, young. In he his early twenties. Really yeah. 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 Well, he's gay and rich anyway. With That's his one right. song, on he's him. had. Mate, he's had three multi-platinum singles. Has he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't miss teaching Cranbourne kids when that song came out. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a good story go. because that that was unique to be, you know. But you're right; that did happen in Rockstar, and I'm sure yeah. it's based on that. Maddie Wool. I think it is. I think it's from Holford from um, Judas Priest. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Yeah, I definitely think it is. Now, you, yeah, absolutely. Didn't know much right. about him. Very interesting. So mm. I've gone to another Aussie uh, chick. Yep. This chick I fucking loved as a kid. She came out with the movie Starstruck. Her name was Joe Kennedy and I absolutely loved her because yep. she had the red hair, she had the tutu on, she had all that stuff on and I just wanted to be exactly like her. So let's have a listen. <laughs> I'll never say goodbye. 
Joe Kennedy from the movie Starstruck. She was like our little Toya Wilcox of Australia. Oh, okay. All right. She was absolutely stunning and she was a kook to the brink. Like she just danced and she sang and and they wrote all these songs I think for her for the movie and mm-hmm. she's now a really big writer. Like she writes um, directed by Gillian Armstrong. So I think it's the same chick that did Puberty Blues. Is that uh, right? Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gillian Armstrong. Gillian Armstrong. No, Gillian Armstrong was... Bop Girl. I thought Gillian Armstrong was Puberty okay. Blues. I can't right. remember. But she it was a may huge, have been involved. Huge movie where they uh, used to have a band under the Sydney Harbour Bridge, that pub there. Yeah. It was filmed in that pub there. Which oh, is a yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. well known pub. Gillian um, Armstrong, I'm just going to look her up because I'm pretty sure she was Puberty Blues or she was. We talked about it the other day. I thought it was with, um, yeah, but Aussie director, very, very good chick. Yeah. And beautiful big tutus and just sang kooky and we hadn't seen an Australian sort of artist do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Gillian Armstrong um, was was actually first approached to um, direct Puberty Blues but she turned it down. It was Bruce Beresford. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what we said on the show. No, definitely Bruce Beresford. Because remember that I said I with the hot dog. I thought it was written dog, by a woman. Yeah, I thought you were talking Puberty about the Blues, film. Puberty Blues, the book, the book. I thought well, you were talking yeah. about the film because well, we talked about the film yeah, on yeah, the Yeah, yeah, but the, the film comes from the book. So I thought yeah. she wrote Kathy it, Kathy yeah? Letton, Gabrielle Carey oh, wrote the book. Oh, okay. So it must be yeah. Bob Girl then yeah, by right. Pat Wilson. Jillian, Gillian Armstrong turned it down. Bruce Beresford directed it. Because remember right. I said with, when he got the hot dog at the fucking thing and I said Bruce, but that's Bruce Beresford's, um, he's got a dirty sense of humour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's I loved her and people that are my age will appreciate that because I think there was a war or something that happened and they all had to hide at the Sydney Harbour House. Oh, shit. Yeah, really fucking great movie. If you're a muso and you love kooky chicks and, and stuff like that, you will absolutely love Starstruck. In fact, it's worthy of doing what we did with Puberty Blues. Mm, great. It's awesome. Huge. I'll check it out. Absolutely. So the last what's one we our, got. Yeah. Yeah, what's our big closing? This is the last one, isn't now, it? Now this goes out to Jay because Jay wrote on our Facebook, Jay uh, – Village People Guy, about yeah. this, this. He wanted to hear some uh, of this band, which is awesome because I never even thought of these guys being a part of it. And oh, I've, awesome. We'll just give them – and this is one of my favourite. I love this song. This is a great track. Good times come to me now. Good times come to me now. Well, I feel fine with it. No crime, I'm a demon. I ain't a 
Armstrong. Just looked it up. Bop Girl Pat Wilson. So at least I fucking got something right. <laughs> I talked about Bop Girl with um, my mate Eric McCusker on the right, interview sweet. we did, which was oh, a great lovely. interview. Have a listen to that. Really cool. Hazy Fantasy. Hazy Fantasy. Jay wanted to bring this up and it's a fucking good call. It's a great call. Yeah, right in the territory we're talking about, Jay. Good on you, mate. Absolutely. That was their big hit as well as John Wayne is Big Leggy. 1982 yeah. was really their big year. They yeah. really only had one album. The album cover was of the both of them on the cover. It was very cute. But she was hot, hot, hot. Yeah. What do you know about these guys? I've got her on my Facebook. She's a photographer now and she's mm. got a little girl that does music now and oh. she promotes a lot of her um little girl's music but it was she's now a really well-known photographer like phenomenal photographer she jeremy healy was the guy that did the guy stuff he was the vagabond i guess you could call him you know yeah 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 i think it was better than come on eileen but it had the same sort of thing come on like it was a bit but it was funky and it was just a little bit yeah less come that's right (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely, but she I fucking was very love this hot. song. So do I. I love this song. It gets me so excited, like do 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 do, and it's like you kind of like everything in this song. It's all about the rhythm. And it's like it doesn't matter what else you do in the song. It really doesn't matter what else you do in the song. It could be yeah. like I went down to the shop and I saw went up to twenty k's and I saw my friend and we fucked her ass and yeah, you know right. like, it doesn't matter what else you do in the song. Yeah. it's all about that rhythm. You know, it's a it, it's such a fun song. Well, the good times come to me now. It's pretty fucking special though. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, true. Kate Garner. So Kate Garner is uh, 67 now. So they, they're getting on, 67. A lot of these people Kate are like Garner. my parents nearly age, you know what I mean? I wonder if uh, Kate Garner is related to Helen Garner, the, the, the uh, writer. Mm. I have no idea. What age is Helen? Yeah, similar, similar sort of uh, similar age group. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Very quick. Putting sort of put them in the same catalogue as Bow Wow Wow, Banana Rama, even. Yeah, yeah. They're just very, and they were always on top of the pops. And they came out and did, I think they came out and did the breakdance competition on Countdown in the 80s. They were one of the judges. Yeah, which right. Which wasn't okay. really suited to them at all. And you could mm. tell they were bored shitless, but oh, I'm fuck. pretty sure they did the Countdown. Um, yeah, breakdance awards. Yeah, yeah. If you'd look that up on YouTube, guys, I'm pretty sure the two of them came out to Australia for it and then they did their shiny, shiny yeah, in the yeah. in the studio. But she was oh, incredibly skinny and hot and gorgeous. Mm. But, yeah, Jay, thank you so much for that. That was awesome. What a fucking great one. That was a good idea. Good on you. See, we're always listening, always trying to incorporate your ideas, guys, out there. Love Absolutely. It. Love it. Keep it coming. Beautiful. Absolutely. Good on you. Well, what a fucking great episode. Excellent. Part two. Fucking fantastic. Mm. Misfits. Misfits, outcasts. outcasts and vagabonds. Vagabonds. I always go to say fuck-ups. Why? 
That's that's sort of a, a, I don't know related to me somehow. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Good on you guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah. You troopers, the whole yeah. lot of you. Thanks yes. for supporting the show. The ratings are going really well. Yeah, it's we went great. twenty-eight with the last uh, show. Oh, fantastic. But that would have been off the back of in excess. As soon as one episode really goes well, then the rest just go up, you know. That's right. Yeah, keep yeah, brilliant. Hitting, get, keep hitting us up. We've got some new yeah. people on board this week on um, Pod What are we, Podomatic? Podomatic, great. A couple of new Podomatic bloody subscriptions and I've just paid for another year so you're not getting rid of us pricks. Lovely. Committed it's to sort another of our year. Birthday Fantastic. At the moment. Like we've it been is, isn't it? two years we've been doing this. In isn't terms that of incredible? time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that's that right. Incredible? We'll, we'll have our big birthday very soon because it's our hundredth just around the corner. We've got yeah, a Yeah, I reckon show we'll go plans. the hundredth and not the two years. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Oh, nice. I can't wait for that. That'll be cool. Best thing you guys out there can do to really make this thing lift is get your friends onto the show. Get them listening. Uh, you know, look look down the list, have a look for a subject that they might like and, and um, send them a little link to the show. Um, guys, please like, share, rate and review as well. Give us five stars and become a subscriber. Follow us on whatever platform you can. It doesn't matter if it's iTunes or Spotify or whatever. Follow us on social media as well or on Instagram and Facebook, of course. Not that I am anymore. And uh, good on you guys. The best thing that you can do, the best thing of all, is become a patron on Patreon. Patreon.com. What's the full address, Sammy? Patreon.com forward slash the 80s montage. 80s montage podcast. The 80s Montage Podcast. Can I just say hi to Colette Hannah for joining the Podomatic viewer. She's a new viewer. Colette Hannah. Oh, fantastic. I don't know where she's from, but good on you, buddy. And there was another one as well, but I don't think I'm going to be. I think I've left it too long. But Podomatic is a good source to get onto because you won't miss the show exactly when it drops. Oh, that's right. It's yeah. I often listen to the show on Podomatic first because that's where okay. it, yeah, that's where it drops first. I get the first yes, it does. notification with with Podomatic, and um, it'll often be late at night, and I'll listen to it because I'm a little bit of a night owl. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And Maddie little finishes. scoop on that one. Yeah. Ah, yes, exactly. Finishes it. So late good at on night. you guys. You can become a Patreon, and it's like being an investor in the show for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, we've got all different tiers and, you know, depending on what you can afford. For $10 a month, you get the extra episodes. You get the extra sort of behind-the-scenes stuff. So there you go. Jump on board. And thanks for supporting everyone, especially our patrons. We love you. Exactly. So Patreon, we just need your credit card. That's all there is. Put it on your credit That's card. That's right, mate. It comes out your every credit month. credit card. And it's yeah. just a little bit of love. Just give us your account Love details and, and your That's pin right. number. Yeah. Give us your pin number and the three digits on the back of the card. That's right. We'll just that's, do gigs. That's all we need, Come to gigs. You know, we've got special things. But um, also the, the 80smontage.com is the, fa- is the uh, official website. Mm-hmm. So you can find everything on there. And rewind80sband.com, if you are interested in coming to some of our live gigs, there is a thing called the VIP Breakfast Club. Uh, group and you can get up to $10 off your ticket, especially for Brisbane people. 
yep. 10 bucks with a special code we send you out and instead of paying 55 you pay 45 and it's cool because you can get 10 tickets up for that. And it's called The Breakfast Club because you get um, toast with Vegemite on it in the morning. <laughs> you get to root All the right. band and have breaking – no, that's not true. Yeah. It's called The Breakfast yeah. Club oh. after the movie. Let's not rule it out. All right. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> Good right. on you guys. Hey, thanks Excellent. for listening. Yay. This is the 80s montage. And if it's music mateys. Or cool shit from the 80s. We're going to talk about it. Unreal. Woo! <laughs>